There are rumblings that the Baylor Bears have the best backcourt in the Big 12. This is Locked On Baylor Postgame. You are Locked On Baylor, your daily podcast on the Baylor Bears, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another episode of the Locked On Baylor postgame. I am your host, Ham Stewart. Thank you so much for joining me late, late, late on a weeknight, y'all. I'm going to have to keep this one short because I do have to record tomorrow's episode as well. Um, so thank you for joining us in this one. A 79-73 win for the Bears over Texas Tech here at the Foster Pavilion. That's three on the bounce for the Baylor Bears. And they are now tied for first place in the Big 12. Uh, tied in the loss column, if I'm not mistaken, with uh, the Houston Cougars, who are 7-3, and three, Baylor 6-3. and three. Um, g- Good night. Good night all the way around. Um, it got kind of hairy a little bit in the last two minutes there. Baylor, I, I didn't think, finished the game that great in the last two minutes. But if you look back at like the last five or six minutes, they did finish the game really well. At one point with like five minutes left, they were up 15 points, um, which in the Big 12, that against a ranked Big 12 team, that's that's pretty good. I mean, six points, it, it wasn't quite that close. They were really, I thought, dominated um, portions of the second half. And I will say this about Tech, they were definitely shorthanded. Um, without two starters out there uh, tonight and the flu going around the team. So, you know, there's a couple guys out there that aren't playing at 100%. That's a good basketball team. I mean, we're, I, I was talking about this a week ago. I know it changes week to week, but to me, it was a week ago. It was Houston and then Tech and then probably Kansas. Like, that's that's how good. And then Iowa State right there, too. Like, that's how good I think this team is when they are 100%. And the the bad news for the rest of the Big 12 um, is they're not a finished product yet under Grant McCaslin. So that's my respect minute for Tech, but a good, good win tonight for for Baylor. Again, six points is like 15 points in, in a lot of other leagues, uh, six points in the Big 12. Uh, three guys going over 15 points, which... Has Baylor done that in a conference game this year? Like, that's... Oh no, sorry, Jaden unfinished with 14. Whoops, I gotta change the gotta change the description in the YouTube video. But Jaden Nunn with 14, Ray J. Dennis with 21, Eve Meesey with 17. I'm gonna talk about the guards here in a minute, but Eve Meesey, man. I had this moment yet again in the second half where I just said, Eve Meesey is one of the three or four best players in the Big 12. I, I really believe that. I think he's an All-American. Like you're, you're not, you're not necessarily going to see it from looking at the numbers, but when you watch the game, it's incredible how much impact he has on the game from the center position, which is just not what it used to be in in any level of basketball. Um, not just the NBA, but absolutely, you see that college basketball too. The center is just not what it used to be, and he is redefining that. Now there are also some other great centers in, 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 in America. So that makes it tough for the all American team like Zach Eady and, and Hunter Dickinson for sure. But he just affects the game so much on both ends of the court. He had a, a sequence 
where I think he blocked a shot and then altered another one on the same possession and then came down and and had a dunk or, or, or a layup in there. And it was all in the span of about 15 seconds. And we see that every night, every night from him. We see that. He is so good, man. And we talk about how there is... Scott Drew has never had a player like him. True, but... And it's not just him being a unicorn, like he's performing too. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like there are some times where guys are just freaks of nature and they're just, they're okay. Or they'll have off nights. Eve Misi does not have off nights. Like it, it, it's truly incredible. And of course the next flowers that I need to give are, are to the Baylor backcourt. Um, I mentioned it in the cold open there, but Jaden Nunn and Ray J Dennis, have just taken it to another level here during this three-game winning streak. And of course, there will be other losses to come during this season, but I, I think this this backcourt has turned a corner. I really do. And Ray J did it with the with the points tonight with with 21 points um and and was pretty good from the free throw line, nine of twelve. Jaden Nunn is the confidence is through the roof. And I said that in the first half as kind of a, a bit. Oh, well, he's confident because he's missing a lot of shots in the first half. Second half, not as much the case. He finishes with 14 and, and five rebounds as well. That that shows me he is a he's not afraid to get in those grimy areas on both ends. And that's something Scott Drew talked about uh, yesterday in his media availability. He said, when we saw Jaden in, in the preseason and we saw the toughness and aggression he plays with. And we said that that guy's big 12, he's big 12 and he showed again tonight. He is big 12. And when you talk about him and Ray J Dennis and Langston love, who, by the way, Scott said, he's not worried about, he said that in the post game, it was right after the game. So, Obviously, he didn't really get a second look at it, but Langston Love did limp off the court with a couple minutes left. He really had trouble putting weight on one of his legs, went right down the tunnel. Anyway, those three guys, Love, Dennis, and Nunn, they can all get to the rim at will. And that is that is a scary good thing for Baylor. Um, because I talked about the versatility of this offense. They They at times can be a great three-point shooting team, although they were poor from that tonight, 28%. Um, and they have a, a legit offensive weapon in the middle in Eve Misi, but that changes everything when you have three guys that can get to the basket. And it was a little shaky in, in the early part of the season, but they're finishing layups and they're getting to the free throw line and their free throw shooting is improving. So, that just says to me, what kind of defense do you play against them? Like when Ray Chase get down in his bag, there there was a couple of times tonight, and we're starting to see this more and more and more, where I, I see the Kyrie Irving effect in him, where he's got the ball on the wing or almost on the low post, and he's a guard, and you're a point guard, and you're saying, this ball ain't going anywhere else. He is just sizing them up. He's just got these defenders on strings and he's going to get to the basket. He's going to score. Like there's, there's not many guards you can say that about in this league, which is a good guard league, by the way. Um, so fantastic night. I thought from, from both your starting guards, 
with Ray J. Dennis and uh, Jaden Nunn. One thing that's kind of on the negative side is uh, another tough game for Jacoby Walter. Um, eight points, two of nine shooting, one of five from three. That's really been the thing. Excuse me. <laughs> it's, uh, sorry about that. That's really been the thing is just the inefficiency shooting um, because J- Jacoby Walter is a good shooter. But we're talking about four or five games in a row where he just hasn't really shot the ball well at all. And, you know, he do- he still does a lot of other things well. I think he- his defense is improving. Uh, he's flying all over the place. But tonight, you look at it with the eight points and the two of nine from the floor, he also only has two rebounds and, and two assists. And I see all these other guards that can get to the basket. And I think, why can't Jacoby do that? Like, he's... I, I, well, I know we can do that. Why isn't that number being called? Why why aren't uh, why aren't there times where Jacoby Walter is just putting his head down and getting to the basket? We see that at times where we'll get to the free throw line. We didn't really see it tonight. There was a, a drive he had in the first half where he was going in looking for contact and threw the ball up, didn't get the foul call, and I think he shied away from going to the basket after that. So, um it's it, it's got to be a bit of a confidence thing. He's kept the right attitude about it. Um, if I were in the press conference tonight, I, I would have loved to ask Scott that. Just, you know, a kid who you know has the talent there, but he's a young player and it's not going for him right now. What do you tell him? Um, I just hope that this isn't a prolonged thing and it becomes kind of like what Kendall Brown was for you a couple years ago where he just never really regained his confidence, never really turned back around once the conference season started, declared for the draft, and his draft stock had plummeted from when he first came on campus. I don't think that's going to happen, but um, I just hope that he has a good shooting game soon uh, because that would be that would be a huge lift for the Bears as well. So that's talking about the Bayward guards. I will talk about one tech guard here, Pop Isaacs. You might remember him as the guy who was being booed every time he touched the ball. Uh, good job on that, I'll say. That was that was good. That was an elite atmosphere. He doesn't have a great game. 11 points, 4 of 12 uh, from the floor. Five assists, though. Four turnovers to go with it. There was a lot of chanting around Pop Isaacs, um, who, look, I, I don't know a ton about the story, uh, but he has been accused of sexual assault by a 17-year-old uh, in the Bahamas, I believe, and he got he heard about it all night. This is not obviously not the first time he's heard it. I know I have heard from tech fans before this game that it was pretty nasty uh, up at TCU, which doesn't surprise me too much, but um, a lot of chants, including a very loud one of 17, 17 and no means no, no means no. The irony is not lost on me (laughs) that it's a Baylor crowd chanting. No means no. Um, I didn't personally partake in the in the chance tonight, not trying to take the high road on this or anything, but just coming from me personally, I just remembered the feeling of 2016 and 2017 where no matter what the sport was, everywhere you heard um, those kinds of chants against Baylor, a lot of no means no. Um, and... It sucked, man. And I know this is a I know this is a very different situation with, with Baylor. It was it was a whole team. It was a systemic school problem. Um 
and it felt weird when you were chanting it against the basketball team when it was the football team that was that was going through it. Um, and this is obviously more direct, like this is the guy who's being accused right out there playing. Um, but I I just didn't love it because I, I it took me back to those days and um I realize a lot of those students that are down there were in middle school, uh, but it wasn't that long ago that that was that was happening to us. Now, what I will also say is fair game. It's fair game to do that. Um, and I'm sure Pop would tell you that too. Um, McCaslin will tell you that. I, I haven't heard what he said in the postgame presser, but you know, it, it, it might not always be fair uh, for, for the kid because he's a kid, but he's playing major college basketball and this is a looming lawsuit over him. Um, like, I, I think that is not unfair to, to chant that at him. Um, and it's just not something that I was going to partake in. And it was, it was, um, not it, it wasn't being chanted in my section either uh, because I think a lot of us who weren't students just or aren't students now remember what it was like just not all that long ago. So um, booing him every time he touched the ball. I mean, sure. Yeah, I'll take that all the time. And, and it was, it was consistent and it was good with that. Um, and I will say <laughs> one of the, one of the teams that was very much into the no means, no chant when it was against Baylor was Texas tech. Um, so just be with that. And I, in fact, I heard some tech fans around me who said um, they were like, they were critiquing the chance and saying, all I can say is, you know, if y'all come out to Lubbock, we can't promise your protection. And I'm like, oh, okay. So <laughs> these kids chant 17 and you're like, if you come to a, attend a basketball game in our arena, um, you can get hurt. I don't know. It just seemed like a weird counterpoint to me. Um, so again, I, it's like you can absolutely do that. I mean, it's it's fair game as long as I mean, as long as it's not racist or sexist. Pretty much anything's fair game if you're in the public eye and you know you're in a road basketball arena. So um, just it it just really wasn't for me. I don't want to sound like I'm I'm taking a moral high ground here. Um, it uh, yeah, it just it just wasn't for me as someone who who uh, went through that very minorly as a Baylor fan, not really going through that um, years and years ago. So anyway, all in all, a, a good win tonight. I think Baylor was. I think Baylor did really well statistically in the things I thought they were going to do well in. Obviously, we heard right before the game that Warren Washington was officially out. There was speculation of that, and so uh, they didn't have a guy in their starting lineup over six seven. They had, uh, what was his name? 23, I can't say, Yalaho or someone that, um, like, no one knew who he was. So he's not getting a lot of minutes this year. Um, so they they really had to dig down deep in the bench. And so because of that, they were plus nine in rebounds and honestly could have and probably should have been more. Um, second chance points, very interesting tonight. They were tripled up Texas Tech, six to two. Uh, they won the turnover battle and points off of turnovers as well. Uh, nothing too glaring there. And uh, the the points in the paint was the biggest advantage to Baylor plus 16. And a lot of that came from the guards tonight, not just Eve Misey. So um, the other thing was, I thought they made a good adjustment in the second half. You didn't see a lot of zone. Um, I, I mentioned, 
I've mentioned really the last couple of weeks that I think this team can switch between man and zone pretty effortlessly and still get a lot of the same results, which is really dangerous uh, in a good way for Baylor going down the stretch. And they played a lot of zone in the first half. And, um, and the tech had a good offense for it. Um, especially, and, and especially for when they didn't have scoring big men, um, they, they found the holes in the defense pretty easily. And that's, that's the thing that I think kept them in the game in the first half and down just one. So, um, they, they switched to the band to man, which I think worked better because tech is not a bad shooting team either. Um, and that, that worked in the second half. They just, Baylor's deeper in, in this game. They, they wore tech down. Tech didn't have the, have the, uh, the ammo in, in the magazine, I guess, so to speak. So, uh, going into Kansas, we'll obviously ha- talk a lot about that towards the end of this week. Uh, not, it's a tall task. Kansas has an extra day of rest and they're coming off a loss and they're playing at fog Allen with college game day in the house. So, for as much as we complained about the Iowa, the officiating in the Iowa State game, I imagine you probably will not be uh, too happy with the officials on Saturday. Which, by the way, well officiated game tonight, really well officiated game. And if anything, I think there were some legitimate gripes from Tech fans in the first half, but I thought that wore out pretty quickly. Um, I I thought they let them play physical, but they set a standard. It was it was not inconsistent. So really good jobs by the officials tonight. Maybe it's just because I was looking out for it, but I think it was one of the best ref games that Baylor has had um, in the conference season. So anyway, that's pretty much going to wrap it up here for um, for the post game. I got to record tomorrow's show, which we'll obviously talk a lot more about this game. Anyway, uh, be sure to t- tap down in the comments what you thought about this game, if this was as impressive as I'm making it out to be or more impressive than six points might show you. Um, We'll definitely read the room here on the comments and and bring that into tomorrow's show because I got to go here real quick. So thank you guys for tuning in. We will have more tomorrow on Locked on Baylor.